I always say you can either respond or react to something. And so you can either kind of wake up to your new year and go, hmm, what do I want to accomplish? You can have a very clear picture or vision in mind of what it is that you want to accomplish. And I choose the latter. Hello, this is Stephen Campbell, and you are listening to The Author Biz, where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results from your author business. If you're in the United States, I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend filled with family, fun, relaxation, and good food. We had a great Thanksgiving down here in Naples where the weather finally broke. It was cool Thanksgiving morning and beautiful in the afternoon. We're we're now in a weather pattern where we have lows in the mid-60s, mid to low 60s, and highs in the low 80s, which is perfect for this time of year. It just was about a month late in getting here. One of the things that I like to do on Thanksgiving weekend is to reflect back on the year that was, uh, compare where I am to what my original goals were for the year, and to do some planning for 2016 or, or for the coming year. I did that this year, and I found that I... I did not do particularly well with my writing goals for the year. I was overly ambitious, and as you may know if you listen to this show on a regular basis, uh, there were some personal issues that, that came into play this year that sort of knocked me for a loop for, I don't know, really for about eight months. So I'm super excited to be focusing now on the last month of the year, seeing what I can accomplish during the last month of the year, and planning for 2016. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about all of us finishing strong in 2015 and planning for a productive 2016. And who better to help us with that than today's guest, Honoré Quarter. Honoré is the best-selling author of more than a dozen books, including Vision to Reality, How Short-Term Massive Action Equals Long-Term Maximum Results, as well as the recently released Prosperity for Writers and the just-released Prosperity for Writers Productivity Journal. In addition to her work as an author, Honoré is also a successful entrepreneur, a business and executive coach, a corporate trainer, and now she's a keynote speaker as well. In Vision to Reality, she talks about her 100-day STMA, or Short-Term Massive Action Plan, Uh, that I was inspired to use after reading the book for my own planning process during 2016. As you'll hear during the interview, I'm I'm sort of a goal-setting geek, and I like to try different ways of setting goals, and and Honoré's was very unique, and it's something that I enjoyed going through to set my writing and publishing goals for 2016. If you're interested in seeing my goals and and tracking how I do throughout the course of the year, you can go to my personal website at stephenrcampbell.com slash 2016pubplan to see what I've come up with, and I will keep that up to date so that you can see how I'm doing. You'll hear during the interview how important it is to have accountability partners. So I'm, I'm sort of using that as a way of tracking myself and allowing other people to track what I'm doing as well to help to keep me on plan for 2016. As always, we'll have show notes with links to everything mentioned during this episode at the AuthorBiz website, which is theauthorbiz.com. While you're there, 
please sign up for the email list. You'll find sign-up spots everywhere. So please sign up. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing here at the Author Biz. Now, let's get on with this week's interview. Honoré Quarter, welcome to the Author Biz. I am delighted to be on the Author Biz. I'm such a huge fan. Thank you for having me. And I am tickled to hear you say that. That's so nice of you. We're going to talk today about making the best use of what time is left is left to us in 2015 and planning for 2016. And I thought, who better to talk about this than the author of Prosperity for Writers that you just published like within the last week or so, right? Uh, Prosperity for Writers was published in July or August. Wow, I got that wrong. So not so recently. And then the the journal, the Prosperity for Writers Productivity Journal, was published within the last week or so. Okay, all right. So that's that's yeah. what I was thinking of. But as, as preparation for this interview, um, you sent me four different books, three of which I read. One of them is called Vision to Reality, which is, well, the, the tagline is how short-term massive action equals long-term maximum results. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we'll talk about Prosperity for Writers. But in in sort of the framework of what we're doing over the course of the last month of this year and rolling into next year. Let's get started uh, with with something I heard you say on a podcast, uh, Hack the Entrepreneur. Uh, you were on a couple of months ago with that with Johnny Naster. It was yep. a great interview. And in that, you said that you're a person who geeks out on success and self-improvement. And that was such a fantastic line. And I'm, I'm so happy to be able to talk with you about this. Yeah, so you're outing me as a geek and a nerd for self-improvement. <laughs> and we're like 45 seconds into the show. So there it is. You're totally outed already. <laughs> I'm outed. And I'll yeah. out myself as someone who is a big-time goal setter. I've been doing it my entire life. So I am a firm believer in setting goals, measurable goals, tracking your goals, all of these things. I'm also a firm believer in the last month of the year is a great month to get things done and to get yourself organized for the coming year. So let's, let's talk about that uh, as a way of, of getting started. Uh, what's, you work with a lot of authors as a coach, and you're a very successful author yourself. When you look at this last month of the year, uh, what do you see it as in terms of, is it an opportunity? Is it a chance that, for us to rest? What, what should, how should we look at the last month of the year? I do. I use it as both personally. So my the first two weeks of the last month of the year, so the first two weeks of December, and I call it until my daughter's out of school. So mm-hmm. technically until about the 18th of the month, I am finishing strong. So I'm running through the tape, as they say. I'm trying to see how far past a goal I can get. And if I haven't quite met a goal, I'm trying to see how close I can get to it as opposed to what I sometimes see people do is they see Halloween, like the, the time between Halloween and January the 5th as Mm -hmm. a rest period (laughs) when in fact, there are really only like five actual days that we should be resting, but that's neither here nor there. But I also like to embrace my family and take off those last couple of weeks of the year in the first week, but until my daughter goes back to school. Mm -hmm. So I try to be that hands-on mom, like baking bread and doing that kind of stuff. However, there's a lot of quiet time in the month of December, regardless of whether you're using the whole month or 
two thirds of the month or however you look at it. So for me, I'm really looking in my rear view mirror a little bit right now at this time of the year to figure out what worked this year, what didn't work this year, what did I learn, what did I learn about myself, what did I learn about my business, what did I learn about books and publishing and self-publishing is moving at the speed of sound. And so you have to listen to all these podcasts so you know what's happening. Really, it's where people are talking about stuff. I'm also looking to next year and what are the footprints that I want to continue to step in next year? And also, what do I want to stop doing? What do I want to let go of or stop striving for? And so I'm really doing kind of the final push to the end while I'm doing a review and reflection of mm-hmm. what happened and then also really getting myself ready for the kind of I want to cross the tape running mm-hmm. and the only way to do that is to kind of have some of the momentum so even though I'm technically sleeping in a little bit later I'm still doing my morning practice um, even though I'm not taking meetings and and doing any training or, or as much coaching during those last couple of weeks, I'm still, I'm still resting and recharging. I'm recharging my batteries, getting some books read, thinking about what I'm going to do. And so when it, when my kid is, goes out the door at seven forty on January the 5th, not that I've already looked that up or anything, um, <laughs> right? Like she crosses the threshold at a, at a run cause she's running for me and, <laughs> and yes. I'm crossing the threshold. I remember at, at run also and and ready to start my year. I'm excited because I I'm not I always say you can either respond or react to something. And so you can either kind of wake up to your new year and go, hmm, what do I want to accomplish? <laughs> you can have a very clear picture or vision in mind of what it is that you want to accomplish. And I choose the latter. Now what would you say to someone like me? Since I've read some of the, some of your books and you refer to yourself as coach or there are questions in there like, hey, coach, what would you say to this? So I'm going to hey, coach you here. Hey, okay. coach, what would you say to someone like me who had some very specific publishing goals in mind for this year that I failed miserably in um, because I wasn't prepared to accomplish it. I, I'm, now I'm faced with the end of the end of the year. I'm looking back at my goals. I see that there is absolutely no chance to accomplish them between now. I can accomplish some of them between now and the end of the year. But do I just coast to the end of the year and start over in, in 2016? Or what do I do? Coach? Well, so I'm going to use the lawyer <laughs> response, which is, it depends, Stephen. Um, I, I, here's the thing is I think we you can say failed miserably, and then how do those two words put together in a sentence about yourself make you feel mm-hmm. not great? And so how can you turn it into a win? I would venture to guess, and so this is the part where the it depends comes in because mm-hmm. I don't have enough information, but I can look into my crystal ball that isn't on. And I can, (laughs) I can guess that you probably set those goals based on the information you had at the time. And as you've gone on the journey, you now have more information. Oh yes. So you think (laughs) you failed miserably, but in fact, what you did was figure out the 97th way not to invent the light bulb in my estimation. Now, if you take these last three weeks of the year and you go, well, I'm, you know, I'm the biggest loser, but not in a good way. And I'm just going to put my feet up on the couch and feel sorry for myself. You know, insert gallon of chocolate ice cream here. Oh, I wish. 
then I know that we're both runners, <laughs> but not even that, not even that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That would be good. I would not co-sign that, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say if you could look back on this past year and in, in vision to reality, there are some review questions, right? So what worked, what didn't work? Mm-hmm. If you could kind of set yourself up to win for next year with the new information, knowing what you know now, then what would you do differently going forward? Because sometimes it's, ooh, I learned something about myself. I learned something about my writing. I learned something about the writing process or the publishing process. So I would take that more information that you have and I would use it to set you up to win for next year. But I wouldn't quite let you off the hook and say, okay, well, this year's a wash because it's only... We're only 11 twelfths into the year. You mm-hmm. still have a whole twelfth left. Yes, there is. There's something that I, there's a project that I'm working on right now that it's conceivable that I could get it finished by the end of the year. And that would be like a third of what I wanted to get done uh, in, in writing and publishing for the year. The rest of my year was pretty good um, other than some personal issues. But from a productivity standpoint, the rest of my year was pretty good other than this one thing. And it's something for me that I'm ill-prepared to set goals because I don't know enough about the writing business, or I didn't when I set these goals. Mm. So uh, to a certain extent, it's my own fault for being wildly over-optimistic, and I'll have a better idea going into next year what can actually be accomplished um, so let's now let's talk a little bit about next year. And when I talk about me, I'm not just talking about me. I know there are hundreds of other people listening that are looking back over what they hope to accomplish this year, and they're probably thinking, wow, you know, I, I didn't quite make it, or I dropped the ball here or there or the other thing, or the other, the other place. And I, I, I think what you're saying is that, you know, it's a learning experience. It's It's an opportunity to know better for next year. It's not the end of the, it's not the end of the world. And just because you didn't, you're not going to accomplish everything doesn't mean you take the last month of the year off. You've, there are still things that you can do. Yes. That's exactly what I was saying. Okay. And don't, and don't finish, don't finish week. Yes. Don't stop running before the tape. Right. It's always mm-hmm. the if you can, you can watch a race where the winner, the p- person who thinks they're winning eases up at the end. And the person who's still like, I'm going to give it 150 percent comes across the tape and wins at the very last second because they were giving it their all. And if there is absolutely no way moving head, heaven and earth for you to accomplish your goal by the end of the year. So what? So th- a third is better than zero. Yes. And I, it, when I, when I just like the way I said that, when I get this done, mm-hmm. I, will be, I, I will be very happy and I'll feel like it was a successful year for me because I'm not going to look back at that goal anymore. I'm, I'm focused now on 2016. So let's, yes. let's move our discussion into 2016. For, you know, we've got a lot of, of authors that are out there thinking about 2016, thinking about what they might want to accomplish um, let, let's talk a little bit about goal setting, and then we'll talk about how how those goals uh, can relate back to production plans and, and things like that to really help to organize our years. So uh, I, I read Vision to Reality. I, I mentioned it before, and you and I were talking prior to uh, clicking on the recorder. I, I'm, I'm someone who 
enjoys new ways of setting goals and new processes for walking through them. And I really liked the way you laid out uh, things in vision to reality. I liked your SMTA process. And you, you can talk a little bit about that because it's not a full year. Because it's easy yeah. to forget about things three months into the year because eh, the goals are still nine months away. Uh, right. you, you have a, a slightly different process, but it can still roll into a, a, a year-long project planning kind of a thing. So let's, let's maybe start out by talking about your STMA. Yes. Yeah, so, so when I look at a year, if you give me a year to do something, I'm going to look at my clock right about now, <laughs> <laughs> this time of year, and go, uh-huh. well, I still have 35 days. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so there's just not enough pressure on, there's not enough external pressure or internal pressure to make us actually take any action if we have a year to do something. So what I did is, and I don't like math, which is why my STMA, which stands for short-term massive action, is uh, divided into 100-day segments. I found that with myself in the program I originally just created for me before I ever used it with coaching clients, I liked uh, round numbers. So I would say, okay, I want to make $100,000 in 100 days. That's $1,000 a day. On day seven, if I am on track, I have made $7,000. If I've made $10,000, I'm 3% ahead. And if Mm -hmm. I've made $0, I'm 7% behind, right? I can do that all in my head. See how smart I am? (laughs) (laughs) But if I were doing it on a 90-day quarter right? Or a January, February, and March, like there's like 91 days in that quarter. And then the next quarter, there's 87 days. And like, I don't know what people were thinking, but there's math involved in that. Mm -hmm. And I am not a math person as Brian D. Meeks, author, friend of Honoré, will tell you, not a math person. I decided to make it very easy. So then I start business coaching and then I recognize that my clients also were setting these big lofty goals and January is a big time of the year for business coaches. And then, you know, long about April, May, June, July, August, and September, then not such an, in so much urgency or such intensity. And then starting in about September, October, people would say, talk to me after the first of the year, yes. right? So mm-hmm. there's this psychology. Mm-hmm. So I decided to break up my year into three 100-day blocks. So very typically for the last 10 years, I do a 100-day plan for myself based on my vision. So maybe I step back one step and I look at 2016 and I say, okay, what are all the things that I want to accomplish in 2016? But I can accomplish all those things and start later. (laughs) So I have to engineer myself Mm -hmm. into a corner, basically, right? Uh, Nerd myself into a corner with geek out on my tools, right? So I would say the beginning of January, so that January 5th is going to be my day one. And that's going to take me to about mid-April. And then I do a review, kind of like what we're doing this time of year, where we're looking back, kind of doing a review and what worked. And then I start again two weeks later. I give myself a two-week break to kind of step out of the mixer, so to speak. And then I set a new day one and I go to day 100, which takes me to the beginning of August. And then I take a nice long breather for the month of August because it's hot in Texas. (laughs) We need to rehydrate. Got to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. Right. And then school starts again after Labor Day. And then, bam, first Monday in September, first business Monday in September, or that Tuesday, I'll start another 100 days. And that takes me right to mid-December. So I have three distinct 100-day periods where I really have my head down and I'm focused and I know what day it is and what percent of goal I am and how I'm doing and what's going on. And then I have several different times during the year where I kind of put my feet up and 
and relax, but I'm always kind of moving. So I'm in Texas, right? So I have to use a football analogy or they won't, they won't <laughs> keep me. Um, I have to move down the ball down the field, right? Mm-hmm. I have to, first down after first down and finally touchdowns, right? So that would be publishing a book or, or delivering a presentation or something like that. So I keep myself in the, in the environment of success pretty much the entire year with strategic breaks because you can't stay and be full throttle all the time. And I think that's the thing that I like most about the short-term massive action process. It's, you know, for 100 days that there is some time pressure there. It's it's not a year away and you can get a tremendous amount done in 100 days using yes. massive action. And when I started working through the process myself, I I started I went through the visioning process first and, and, and envisioned what I, what I would like 100 days from now to look like and came up with that and then just started working my way back, as you advised in the book. And I came up with a really nice plan for myself. It was not, at, at least today, I'll say it doesn't seem like it's too much. I might be wrong. If we talk again in 100 days, I might yes. say, wow, you know, I did it again. But, uh, you know, it seems doable, and the process of, of working back from 100 to 75 to 50 to 25 yeah. lays out a nice little plan uh, that makes sense for me and help, will help to keep me on track. Now, anyone can do this. Anyone can buy your book and do this, and there are lots of techniques for setting goals. Sure. Uh, the important thing is to not do the New Year's Eve thing where it's like New Year's Eve, I'm setting my goals for 2016. And then in March, you look and you say, now, what were those goals again? I, right, I can't yeah. even remember. I, where did I write them down? Um, th- there's got to be some sort of a tracking and a check-in process with yourself. And if, if you do that and, and you've got it laid out correctly, then you can also say, let's say, for example, that there's someone out there that wants to publish two books next year. And they want to publish one in April and one in November. And, and that's what they'd like to do. If, if you know, the, the book in April, if they haven't started yet, they know how many words they have to write. They know how right. long they have. Uh, they know at some point they're going to need an editor. They're going to need a cover designer. They're going to need a copy editor. Um, you know, there are all these things that you know you can start planning for. And, and if you do this ahead of time, you're not trapped in that position where, oh, you know, my favorite editor's busy. I can't get her because I didn't, I didn't call her on January 1st when I laid this plan out. So let's kind of talk about this. You write a lot of books, you publish a lot of books. What's your planning process when, if if you know you've got a book coming out in April, uh, what would you plan for in advance? Everything that you just said. So I actually have a production schedule next year, which has 20 books. In the, in the process. Okay. So everything that you just said at, mm-hmm. at the speed of sound, right? So I buy blocks. I just bought a block yesterday of copywriting, ad copy from my copywriter. So mm-hmm. I have those in the queue and I have a production schedule of writing. And then I sent my production schedule to my editors so they know when they can expect a book. And I, my plan is to always have the books to them at the same time of the month, every month, so that they know that they can edit them and get them back to me. And then my assistant and I work in concert to um, work with my advanced reader team so that the advanced reader team can opt in or out of a book, depending upon, I write a lot of nonfiction and Mm -hmm. different 
venues, right? So some people don't want to read a book on divorce, but they do want to read a book on business, let's say, right? So they can opt in or out of a book. And so she's creating those different lists. And so then people are getting their reviews ready. And my cover designer has a list of the books that I'm looking to write and the idea behind the books. And he's wonderful. And, but I've got to stay on top of him because he's, he's creative. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know, all of that factors in. And so I have a, I have a 50 point checklist that I go through for each book project and I'm just constantly checking that. So I don't really have that. Oh, that would have been nice to achieve. I wish I looked at that list again, Mm -hmm. although I've been victim to that. And the only reason I can write so many books is because I've had the Four, you know, the one book year and the two book year and the five book year and the mm-hmm. <laughs> so building that muscle and getting better and better at something means that I can produce more and more content and and still keep my sanity. No one dies. Everyone's good. Yeah, and and <laughs> because you you have this great plan and you've done it before and it's all laid out in front of you, it's that much more difficult to say, yeah, I don't really have to do that this week because I've got all this extra time. You, you don't have all this extra time because you have so much that you want to accomplish this year. I don't. And here's the thing. I watch a tremendous amount of television. I read a lot of books. I take naps. And so lest anyone think that, oh, okay, well, th- that's what she's doing all the time, right? She doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, all work and no play make Honoré a dull girl. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of fun on my schedule as well, a lot of family time. And I don't work after 4.15. My daughter walks in the door and, you know, the, the writer that I take off my, my writer hat. It's very debonair. I put down my cigar. <laughs> and my and my writing glasses. I'm picturing it now. Yes, and I put on an apron. And anyone who knows me is going to be like calling nonsense on this right right about now. <laughs> but there's no apron, like for real. But I have a I have a tremendous amount of balance because I like to go to the gym. You know, I run like you do. I mm-hmm. all I have a lot of things that are important to me besides working. But it's my business, so I treat it like a business, and I work when it's time to work and I play when it's time to play. And I think that's very important. So I think someone listening could kind of just have their noodles blown and go, Oh, there's no way I could ever do that. And that's not true either. Now let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into what you talked about. You, you mentioned that you have all of this on your schedule. What, what is your schedule? What does it look like? Do you use your calendar to plan things out on a daily basis? I do. So how far out do you go? So I use a bullet journal. So I use a, um, it's a bulletjournal.com. It's not a, it's a journal you can now buy, but the guy originally created it, um, Ryder Carroll, genius, figured Mm -hmm. out a a journaling system so that you never lose track of anything, which is Mm -hmm. great. So I always have my bullet journal within six inches of me, (laughs) like, um, not unlike all of my Apple products. And, um, I will do a monthly plan. So he has a two page spread. And so it's like, what are my goals? What are all the things on my calendar for the month? Right. So I've got clients and speaking and writing and all and publishing and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So that goes out and anything that's on my calendar for farther out goes on the kind of advanced calendar spread. Is that an actual calendar is where things go on days or does it go in a week or in a month? How does that work? So I do it. You do a month at a time in this particular system, but then I have a two page spread that has six months on it. Mm -hmm. So January through June and then July through December. So I can write out as a speaker, I get booked for things sometimes a year out. So I put those things on, on a calendar so that I don't double book myself. It's just, Mm -hmm. 
kind of keeping all the balls in the air. But then I'm very dialed into um, my calendar. So I actually have an online calendar. It's a calendaring system, a mail system called Smarter Mail. Not very many people, I think, would have heard of it. But I duplicate that in Gmail in case there's a fail. Mm -hmm. And then anytime I have an appointment with anyone, I, I send them a calendar invite. And I put first names and last names and phone numbers and Skype names. Everything is on there so that mm-hmm. should I be somewhere and I lose my phone, I have my iPad or something, right? I like redundancy. It's uh, My husband says it's a setting in my software, <laughs> 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 getting stuff done. And so I just put everything on my calendar. So when I'm looking at – so it's – the. Um, Thanksgiving time, right? So I'm taking off some time at Thanksgiving, but on any given Friday, I have a block of time where I look at next week Mm -hmm. and I'm looking for white space and I'm comparing the white space to my intentions and my goals that I've set. So I don't leave any white space during the time that I've determined is my work time, which is basically 740 to 415. Okay. So you, you schedule yourself fully during that period. I do. And, and sometimes I schedule myself fully to take a nap during that period. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. <laughs> so, okay. So I just I want to be clear that my daughter leaves at a certain time and I'm up and I'm making breakfast for her and doing all those things. And then I get her out the door on time and then I am working. So my writing time every day is from 8 to 10. And mm-hmm. that's inviolate for the most part. That's when my brain is working. <laughs> This mm-hmm. morning. So I tend to write in the morning and I always regret procrastinating if I try to write later in the day, but sometimes that happens. That's that's just part of life. And then after 10 until 4, 15 is when I'm doing all the other stuff. So the marketing and the coaching and sometimes the speaking and traveling and those types of things all fit into that time frame. Okay. Now you, you work with authors, you work with business clients, you've been in business for years in a lot of different ways. What are the things when it comes to planning, the, the kinds of things that we're talking about, what are the things that, that people have the most difficulty with? Procrastination and belief systems. So, and belief systems actually come before procrastination because if you don't think that you can accomplish something, then you're highly likely to not begin or to, to wait to begin. Mm-hmm. Until, oh, wait, it's November. What did I want to do in 2015? Oops, I can't do it. Oh, well, not successful, right? So it's working on your belief systems and your psychology is actually where I spend a lot of my time with myself, frankly, where I've spent a lot of time with myself and where I spend a lot of time with my clients is helping them to really connect their mental beliefs and their psychology to what it is that they say that they want. So we want their feet to match their lips. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So, ooh, I really want this thing. It's like, okay, well, let's get the feet in, in alignment with that. But behind the lips is the brain. And if the brain somewhere has a glitch that says, oh, no, th- someone else can write 20 books in a year or someone else can, mm-hmm. can do that. But I can't do that. They're special. I'm not special. Well, I say there's no one that's really special. It's you're either doing it or not doing it. Right. But the person who's doing it is the person that's worked on their belief systems and their inner beliefs and has shored those up so that they can move forward. And so once you get that in alignment and you think, I mean, the whole reason that I'm able to write prolifically is because I listened to the self-publishing podcast and Mm -hmm. they were like, well, we wrote 4,000 books. (laughs) I was like, what? And so writing a book wasn't so amazing (laughs) anymore. It was like, oh, writing two books or five books or turning it into a, what? There are people that make a living from this. Where have I been? (laughs) Right. (laughs) How did this happen? Those guys are amazing. 
Right. But here's the thing is like, they're not, I know them. I actually mm-hmm. am friends with them now and, and I've been to their conferences and they're great and wonderful people, but they're just people. Mm-hmm. Right. And they are special and they are wonderful. However, they're not any more special or wonderful than you or me or the person listening. Does that make sense? So it, I want to make the connection is it's like, there's no random person that's more special or that was born under a special star mm-hmm. or has some kind of, you know, magical genius. It's the people that are good at what they do are the people that do it over and over and over again until they get good at it. And that's what my daughter said this morning. And she said, will you make my breakfast sandwich? And I said, well, you can make it. And she's like, no, you do it really good, mom. I only do this really well. And I said, well, how did you get to do that really well? And she's like, oh, right. I did it a lot of times. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is funny the way we think that we should automatically be good at things. I, I go back to my story about thinking mm-hmm. I've read a lot of books, so I should be I should be able to write a book. Sure. Not that easy. Um, the, the other thing you mentioned was procrastination. Yes. So procrastinating it, it is really just based in your belief systems, right? So once you work on the belief systems, then you won't procrastinate as much. But I also think that one of the things that I provide is, you know, I'm a procrastination buster because I show up. Mm -hmm. So I'm showing up every couple of weeks to say, how's that going? And so you made a really good suggestion a little bit earlier is to, you know, not to buy the book and and read the book, right? Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that um, for that. But really where I was going was to come up with your plan, but then also put some some bumpers on your bowling lanes Mm -hmm. so that you can't go in the gutter with your goals, right? And so find someone who is going to hold you accountable either because that's what they're doing too or because you're going to hold them accountable to something. And someone will say, well, give me an example of your coaching with somebody, right? And my, my most fun story was a woman who hired me as a business coach. So I was working with her on her business, but she had this goal of losing 25 pounds to go to her uh, class reunion. Mm-hmm. And it was a big, it was a big one. It was like a 25th or 20th class reunion. And she said, I've just never been able to lose the weight. And I said, well, we're going to get you to lose the weight. And she said, what do I do? And I said, you go get a can of fancy feast cat food, like the mixed seafood. <laughs> particularly wonderful for cats. Humans don't love it so much. And I said, you carry that can of Fancy Feast cat food around with you. And I said, if you lose the weight, you don't have to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) That's motivation. (laughs) And she said, what do I do with it? And I said, well, every time you have a meal, just take it out of your purse and put it on the, put it on the table. And when, when someone says, oh, honey, go ahead and have the bread, have the dessert. It's not going to hurt you. One cookie isn't going to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the, it's the off the reservation stuff, right? It's if I have one donut, I have to eat all of his friends too. Like that's where the land where I live, right? It's like, I'm not going to have one piece of pumpkin pie. I'm having the pie. <laughs> right? We're going the whole way. And so we have these trigger things that happen. And so let this be your trigger. She lost 40 pounds. She went to her class reunion. People didn't recognize her. And she said, I, I look and feel the best I've ever looked and felt. And it was that accountability piece Mm -hmm. that was the anti-procrastination because it's always, I can start writing my book tomorrow. I can always start marketing tomorrow. I can always create a fan page for my cat tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. but tomorrow never comes. It's always today. And so if you can figure out a way to engineer yourself for success with some accountability, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the best thing you can do to be, it's kind of the antidote for procrastination. So find someone or put together a group of people that are where you have to weigh in every day. How many words did you write? How many posts did you make? How many times did you tweet about your book Mm -hmm. or tweet a quote or something and give yourself some, some really stiff consequences 
cat food, anyone? (laughs) 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 If you don't achieve it. And if you do it, it's a little bit fun, but a whole lot serious. And everyone has said to me, would you have made her eat the cat food? I was like, well, that's the deal. I'm the coach. I'm not emotionally involved. Like those were the consequences that we set forth. And so I was just really cheering her on. I was texting her and going, you know, (laughs) please don't eat the bread because I don't want to be the bad guy. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Honoré, we're we're getting short of time. Let's take a minute and talk about Prosperity for Writers and your brand new productivity journal. Uh, each of which I, I we talked about this prior to recording. I I got a copy of both. And I thought, oh, I'm not even going to look at the productivity journal because I know what it's going to be. It's just going to be lines that I can write things in, and I'd rather write on a yellow sheet of paper. But then I started flipping through it, and there's a lot of new content in there. So uh, give us a quick commercial for the two of them together, if you would. Sure. So the Prosperity for Writers was my answer to the poor, starving artist and what people were saying to me about, oh, I'm a writer, but I couldn't be a full-time writer. I can't make a living as a writer. And I said, bah humbug, that's not true. And I wrote the book Mm -hmm. to be the answer for that. And then what I was finding people saying is, I love the activities. I love that you ask me questions, but where do I write all this stuff down? Do I just get a journal? And at first I said, yes. And then I thought, hmm, no, why don't I then go and interview some successful writers and put their stories in the journal and then provide the exercises in a place to execute the exercises. And that's what made it so much fun because there were all of these examples in there. And you listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts. You speak to people. I speak to people. We, everyone that's listening to this has author friends that, that they speak to. So they know a few stories, but this is a lot of stories in, in one, uh, in one book that you read. And then there are questions and, uh, you know, little helpful, helpful things to help you work through like what, what you got from, from reading this and understanding it, how helpful was it, that kind of thing. So that really a useful, uh, a useful journal. And I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. I had someone say they ordered two more because they used up the first one Mm -hmm. and they wanted to go through the exercises again. And I provide a place to download those worksheets too. You don't have to get the journal again, but then also too, she wanted to do it with a friend. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. Honore, where can we find your books? Where can we find these books? Everywhere books are sold, but mostly on Amazon. <laughs> okay. um, my my website honorayquarter.com will point you in the right direction, but they're all on Amazon. And and right now I'm in everything's in KU. So except for the ah, journal, cool. which you mm-hmm. can only get in paperback format. It's not a digital book. It won't ever be a digital book. That wouldn't really work on the Kindle. It <laughs> no, it wouldn't work on the Kindle because there's nowhere to write on it. Um, but all, all the books are on Amazon and in KU right now too. So anybody who wants to read them can. And you mentioned your website, honorayquarter.com. Is that the best Thanks. place to keep up with what you're doing online? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I have all kinds of lists for people that if they want to join my advanced reader team, they can go to honorayquarter.com forward slash a team. And for a little bit longer, they can go to honorayquarter.com forward slash free tall order, the word free and then tall order, which is my first book. Mm -hmm. I'm actually releasing the 10th anniversary edition of that book in December. Ah, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This has been an absolute delight. Oh, thank you so much. What an honor to be with you.